0: Hey, GM Jim here from Wizards and Wordslingers, and I'm gonna do something a little bit different today. I usually write out these very detailed scripts about the videos I do, but today I'm gonna go kind of off the cuff. So this may be a five minute video or a five hour video. We're just gonna see. Um, Also, I don't think we wanna go for this forest kind of vibe. I think we should go for more fireside chat. Yeah, there we go uh so today i'm going to talk about all the you can't see this giant stack next to me but i'm going to talk about all the d 5e hardcover books that i have and give them sort of ranking and give sort of spoiler free reviews of the adventures and the books i have if i do say anything that's a spoiler i'll put a thing up here while it's being spoiled so if you're a player and you don't want it spoiled you can just uh skip past that part um but I'm also going to have a surprise, a couple surprises in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, one near the end. Um, also, if um, if you're if you enjoy my videos, go down there and hit the like button and the subscribe button. I would appreciate it. Anyway, so let's start off. I'm sure it doesn't catch the light here. Hold up my player's handbook and now if you're just gonna buy one book if you want to play DD, if you want to run DD, this is the only book you really absolutely have to have i think there's like there's a lot of unappreciated there's like a lot of really good art in here that i actually like quite a bit but this is a well-written useful book uh here's a little bit about me i've been playing for a long time i kind of skipped uh 3.5 and f- fourth edition DD because i was doing regular life stuff but my earliest memory of d and was begging my brother to let me play in his games. And I remember my earliest d memory is him explaining to me how much easier Thacko was than, uh, than how it was before that. And uh, knowing how complex Thacko is, I can only imagine how awful it was. What kind of maths were required before that. 5E makes combat. So simple AC is a number you roll if it's above that number you hit. Why didn't they think of that 40 years ago? I don't know but so player's handbook is essential good choice now if you're only going to buy two Dungeons and Dragons books and you want to run games I recommend the monster manual now if you have a D&D Beyond account you could get most of the stuff on D&D Beyond um, a lot of the monsters access to the monsters are free um, but then you miss out on that's cool art right, here's just a random page I flipped open to There's an ancient silver dragon does not that look cool I also, one thing I really like about having these hardback books is they have this glossy, I'm an author so I'm obsessed with glossy versus matte covers. They have this glossy cover on the front, but then on the back, on the side of the back they have this matte section right here that's kind of grippy and it's really nice so when you're holding a book you've got a little bit of texture here to hold on to. It's just, I mean, if you play at an actual table, having physical books just kind of makes you feel old school, and I appreciate that. Next up is a surprise. I'm going to say if you buy three books, if you're only going to buy three books to run Dungeons & Dragons, the third book you should buy is not the Dungeon Master's Guide. It is Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master by one Sly Flourish, a.k.a. Mike Shea. You might notice I give a lot of shout-outs to Mike Shea on this channel. I think he's awesome. I love his advice. Um, the thing about being uh, giving good advi- tabletop RPG advice is it's not so much about who's the wisest person, it's about being able to explain it well. It's about being a good teacher. And this book explains really well how to run games, way better than the Dungeon Master's Guide. If you're going to buy uh, four or five books, I'd recommend Tasha's. I can mix those up there. Um, Xanathars, it's just like, it's all the stuff that wasn't in the player's handbook that I wish it was. And Tasha's has really good subclasses, but Xanathars has, I think it's Xanathars that has the new downtime rules. Dungeons and Dragons doesn't do downtime very well at all. uh, And Xanathars tries to fix that, and they get better. And all the good 5e subclasses are in these two books. They're not in the player's handbook. Then finally, I would recommend the Dungeon Master's Guide. Now, it has some really good stuff in it about how to build a Pantheon, how to how to do kind of homebrewy kinds of stuff, but it doesn't really tell you a whole lot about how to actually run the game. It's more about building your world and stuff, and there's, you know, there's lots of magic item tables and advice for like how to price magic items and that kind of stuff. So it's still it's a worthwhile purchase if you're planning to be a Dungeon Master, but I would say it's absolutely non-essential. Now, maybe I should be doing S, A, B, C, D rank here, but I didn't start off doing that, so I'm not going to start doing it now. Um, so, But I, it's certainly not S or an A, this is probably a B or a C, because it's you really don't need it to run games next let's talk about a couple of box sets first of all the starter set the starter set has the Lost Mine of Phandelver which some people in the starter set rulebook which is you know if you don't want to buy any rules you can pretty much get everything you need to know just from the starter set rulebook uh, and it has some some character sheets in here so the starter set really does have everything you need to quote unquote start um, You'll see my copy of Mine of Fandelver has been used quite a bit. I've run this adventure multiple times. And some people crap on Lost Mine of Fandelver. I think it's great. Does it need work? Absolutely. The villain is kind of lackluster and doesn't the villain isn't inserted into the adventure enough, so you kinda of have to fix that on your own. But it's got it's got fantastic locations, as Sly Flourish would say. It's got good locations, it's got good NPCs, it's got good plot hooks i mean i i think it's totally fine adventure next up is the essentials kit the essentials kit comes with a lot more than the starter kit one you get a whole set of dice you get the dragon of ice spire peak which is a bit beefier adventure than lost mine of phandelver you get a dungeon master screen you get all these really cool npc cutouts character sheets initiative trackers an extended rule set, and a little card carrying case for all your cool NPC cards. Now the essentials kit has more cool stuff in it. Do I think that the Adventure, the Dragon of Spire Peak, is as good as Lost Mine of Phandelver? No. I haven't run Dragon of Spire Peak. I've stolen some of the encounters and stuff from it, um, which are fine. I think Lost Mine is better. Now, going in no particular order, I'm just gonna go through all the rest of the hardback books I have, which are all adventures, uh, and I'm just gonna talk through them. I have a lot of these books, uh, which is a problem. The problem with being a grown-up is there's nobody around to tell you not to spend money on stupid stuff. You're kind of supposed to do that on your own. So you'll see, this is why I have so many books. Strixhaven, um, I don't really like it, it's okay. I feel like it just doesn't have enough stuff in it. Um, They, because they, it's sort of, I I really got suckered in because at the time this came out, I was listening to a bunch of D&D podcasts and on all the official D&D podcasts, they were hyping it up and I really got sucked in by the marketing there. So you got me wizards. Um, But it's sort of this like halfway between an adventure book and a campaign setting and it doesn't really give you enough of either. Like there's not enough stuff in here to run it as an adventure. And it's not fully fleshed out enough to run it as like a campaign setting um there are some some mechanics for schooling uh that i like there's some things in here like how to how to study for tests how to have classes and that kind of thing how to have rivals among classmates there's some mechanics in here that i like that i'm planning to steal if i ever do uh, run a kind of educational kind of campaign but like I don't know, everybody I know either went to high school or went to college, and why would they want to go back? Next up is The Curse of Strahd. I have kind of a complex relationship with this adventure. It's hailed by most as the best adventure for D&D, and honestly, I have not read this full book. And here's why. I really, really want to play in it before I spoil it by reading the whole thing, and I have joined in hold it up here i have joined in actually i've tried multiple times to play in campaigns to play through this and i think i've played in three different campaigns and the first one we just got through death house the second one we got to uh whatever past death house and to the the main starting valaki i think is the name of the town i can't remember now we got to that town And the third one we got, I I got significantly farther. We got past the part with the Taraka deck where we drew the cards and figured out where the stuff was. And I've enjoyed it every time. But, you know, for various reasons, those campaigns just didn't work out. I flipped through it. The maps and some of the encounters and stuff look pretty cool. You know, I've kind of given it that non-spoilery skim where I didn't want to reveal too much information. But there's like some killer artwork and stuff in here. Let me find the house. So here's one thing I want to show you. That that hut that walks. That's just so cool. And another thing is it's filled with all of these Mike Schley maps, and I think he just makes the best maps. I love his stuff. But anyway, I can't really give you a review on it because I haven't read it and I haven't played all the way through it. Someday. Next up is Out of the Abyss. Um, this adventure is pretty grim, dark. I think it has a really great start though uh, this is kind of a spoiler but a light spoiler but you start off basically imprisoned in this very very cool um, prison dungeon and I won't say any more about it so I don't spoil it but the escape from the dungeon looks really cool um, and it's something that I definitely want to either run or more likely will steal just that segment and some other segments throughout someday next up i actually lied this is not an adventure this is the sword coast adventurer's guide and it's it's okay it has a bunch of paragraphs about various places around the sword coast area of faerun and if you're a big forgotten realms fan which uh, forgotten realms gets crapped on a lot because it's the default uh, setting but i think i really like the forgotten realms it has I like that it has a, a huge variety of terrain and places in a small amount of space. I think that's a real plus for it. Um, I think Forgotten Realms is a perfectly fine campaign setting. I also like that there's no there's no king. There's no queen. Uh, so you can run stories there about a tyrant rising to power. And there's no central religion. So you can run stories about a religious tyrant coming to power. It has... I feel like it has a lot of room to tell whatever kind of story you want, and that's what I like about the Forgotten Realms, but this Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide isn't that great because Storm King's Thunder does pretty much exactly the same thing, and it has an adventure attached to it. In the first campaign of Wizards and Wordslingers, we ran a lot of stuff out of this. Basically ran Lost Mine of Phandelver into a modified version of this, where I stole basically the giant plot line and some other uh some other plot points out of it to, to make my own campaign for witches and wordslingers campaign one available on patreon um but storm king's thunder gets crap because it's more of a campaign setting it's more like there's a wide section in the middle where it's just like here's a bunch of locations turn your players free to go explore and so if if you're the kind of dm who wants more um who wants more advice about where to go and what to do And if your players aren't the kind to really take advantage of that stuff on their own then it's not easy to run but I like it next up Waterdeep Dragon Heist I have not run this one I've read this adventure and I like it quite a bit I'm a thriller and a mystery author so these kinds of stories are right up my alley uh, when I read it though I kind of felt like there was an overwhelming number of NPCs in it and it sort of intimidated me and there are some plot holes in the story that I think I would have to go back and read it carefully uh, to fix. Because, you know, maybe it's just because I write these kind of stories for a living, but as I was going through it, I was like, well, aren't the players gonna figure this out? And wouldn't the players ask about this, which would ruin this thing later? So there was some of that as I was going through, but, you know, maybe that's just me because I'm so familiar with that kind of genre. Also, not a heist. The heist has already happened by the time this starts. This is about, uh, this is about solving the mystery of what happened during the heist. So, kind of misleading title there, Chris Perkins. Next up, Tomb of Annihilation. I have not run this one either. Uh, oh, that's not true. I've stolen parts of it for various uh, things that I've run. I think it's got a really cool hook about the what's happening in Chult. Is a really cool hook to get players invested because that's one of the main problems with running adventures, right? Is that you have to. You have to find a way to get your players to care about what's going on, and I think this book has good hooks that could get your players to care about what's happening. Also, Chult is a cool place. There's some really good locations there, some cool NPCs. My arm's starting to get tired. Next, Keep Mysteries. I have run this one pretty extensively, actually. Um, I ran this, I well, I tried to run this as a campaign for, uh, 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 for a group, for an in-person group I used to run and what it didn't work <laughs> about about after after about four or five adventures I found I was substituting in other stuff because what I tried to do and this was my mistake because I hadn't read the entire book when I came up with this idea what I tried to do was to run candle keep mysteries as a singular campaign where the the PCs were had been hired as candle keep cops And so it was like each week there would be kind of a serialized procedural mystery where they would investigate the book. And I created all these NPCs at Candlekeep. And what I found was, though, that it doesn't work that way because a lot of these books are either not at Candlekeep or the books take you away from Candlekeep. And so it just wasn't it didn't work out the way I wanted. But I will say... Uh, A lot of the, some of the adventures in here are really good, I particularly like the Shemshine adventure, I won't spoil it. Um, There's some, even though the the Gazetteer section about Candlekeep is pretty brief, Candlekeep is a really cool location. Uh, And even if you don't want to run this book, I absolutely recommend stealing Candlekeep to put it in your campaign, because it's a cool place. Next up, Tales from the Yawning Portal. Now, this is a collection of different adventures. And some of these i like more than others like the very first one the sunless citadel i think is awesome that is an awesome adventure and it's got a great hook in the beginning all these adventures were adapted from older modules and you can really kind of tell that in in a lot of the older modules there was very little story it was sort of on the gm to invent the story because i ran the hidden shrine of temoakon Temoacon. i have no idea how you say that but i ran that um And it has all these different things in it. These these different things that feel like story beats, but they don't connect to anything. It's just sort of up to you to invent the story around them. And I was kind of unprepared for that. Uh, So it wasn't ended up not being a very good adventure. But it has White Plume Mountain, which is a, a fun house dungeon, I think is super awesome. And it also has kind of an updated version of the Tomb of Horrors, which is that classic grindhouse crazy adventure. Which I've never run Tomb of Horrors, but someday I would like to find a group brave enough to go through Tomb of Horrors. Next up, another anthology adventure, The Ghosts of Saltmarsh. And this one has some cool seafaring rules. It's certainly better than Spelljammers' spacefaring rules. The, these seafaring rules actually make sense and give you interesting hooks if you want to have a pirate kind of campaign. Now, just like Tales from the Yawning Portal, uh, some of these adventures are better than others. The opening one, Sinister Secret of Saltmarsh, is a classic. I love the artwork for Sinister Secret of Saltmarsh. I absolutely love uh, the classic artwork for that purple cover. It's one of my favorite pieces of D&D artwork. And there is uh, there's an adventure here that I won't spoil, but it's called Salvage Operation, which the hook is you go out to a boat to find a derelict boat out afloat, adrift, a derelict boat adrift out at sea that you go out to recover something from it and then some things happen. Super cool, very cool adventure. Uh, Salvage Operation, I highly recommend. It's maybe worth getting Ghost of Saltmarsh just for Salvage Operation. Next up, the Wild Beyond the Witchlight. I love this thing. It's, the thing that I really love about this adventure is that it's just so weird. It's full of really weird crap. Um, It's so different than your basic swords and sorcery save the princess, kill the dragon kind of adventure, and it got a lot of hype for um, being an adventure that you could run entirely without combat. Now, I mean, I've, I've run most of this adventure, and I've read the whole thing, and I think it would be extremely hard to make it all the way through without, you have to basically make it a perfect set of choices to, to have no combat at all while playing through this adventure. But if you like weird crap in your D&D, you know, if you want things to... I really have to be careful what I say because I don't want to spoil it, but if you just want something different from your regular slay the monster, get the treasure kind of adventure, this is what you should tell your dungeon master to run. And the opening chapter, though it's a little overwhelming to run uh, the first time, the opening chapter of the carnival, super cool. Um, lots of the players had lots of fun going through the carnival, discovering clues, discovering the secret plot that was going on, and just going to the different places in the carnival and doing stuff. They really enjoyed it, yeah. This one, highly recommended. And finally, that not 5th edition book that I promised, or maybe I didn't promise, I can't remember all the way back to the beginning of the video. This is the 4th edition Dungeon Master's Guide. Now, I have never played 4th edition. Like I said, I was absent from Dungeons & Dragons during the 4th edition years, but this book I love it. This book I feel like is way better than the 5th edition Dungeon Master's Guide. You hear me Chris Perkins? This one's better. Um, sorry Chris Perkins, I didn't mean to call you out like that, I'm actually a big fan. First of all, I think the art's better. Look at that, look how cool that is. And also this actually has information about how to run games. There's a section in here where it talks about different types of players you might encounter at your table, which is actually super useful. Like, I felt like I learned something from that, which the Dungeon Master's Guide was all telling me how to make a god, how to make a magic item, which I guess that's useful, but it's not actually something I'm going to use to make running my game easier. Anyway, that's the 4th edition Dungeon Master's Guide. So those are all my hardback books, something I've invested way too much money in over the years. And remember, if you like this video, go down there and hit the subscribe and the like buttons. I much appreciate it. Have yourself a good day.